This is KMTT, and this is Ezra Bick, and this is the weekly shiur on Pashat HaShavua. This week's Pasha is Pashat Mas'e. It's a uh, rare occurrence, relatively speaking, that when we're giving a shiur on Mas'e, so it's usually Matot Mas'e are together, and when Matot Mas'e are together, in all honesty, most people will tend to find a topic for a weekly shiur from Pashat uh, Matot. Pashat Mas'e... Cypher being the second part of the combined Pasha, also is a bit uh, challenging to find a topic for discussion. The first and longest section is a list of unknown and basically unidentifiable uh, spots in the, in the desert between Egypt and Eretz Canaan, described in detail. Uh, after some uh, 50, uh, 56 psukim describing that, you then have a uh, list of the borders of Eretz Israel. Very important section, but you know, the details are somewhat, uh, first of all, obscure, and two, their details. Uh, the exact Lines of the borders of the land of Israel, which will be conquered in the future by them. That's followed by a list of names of the leaders of the Shvatim, who will be the people who will do the Hanchala, they will do the division of the land. Uh, we're deep, we're up to very Chamishi in this parasha. Um, then you have the, the laws, very interesting if you're an architect or a uh, town planner, uh, of the Arei Halavim the cities which were given to the Leviim, uh, 42 cities, and uh, exactly how they're constructed. Uh, we're now up to Shishi. Um, okay, then it starts getting a little bit more interesting. There's a section on Rotseach. Uh, it's really an important section, the laws of, uh, of murder, specifically of unintended murder, and Ir Miklat, cities of refuge. And after that, the last section of the Torah is the, um, a law which the Gemara says only apply to one generation concerning the marriages of the daughters of Tzlafchad who were required to marry only their kin so that the land which they inherited from their father would not move to a different, uh, a different shevet. And again, a temporary law doesn't apply in the future and I think, aside from being at the very end, it's also more or less skipped over by most people paying attention to the Pasha. Uh, and in any event, so uh, you have Matot, which is a more interesting Pasha. A lot of Shirim will be given on Matot rather than Masay. But we're talking about Masay this week. And uh, I want to concentrate on the opening Psukim. Precisely because of uh, the obvious question, why does the Torah in fact give us this detailed list of every one of the different stopping places, the encampments of the Jews from Egypt for 40 years period until they came to Eretz Canaan, until they came to Eretz Yisrael. Why is it in the Torah? The Torah sort of stresses the fact that it's important. This is an interesting case where you have a very good question. The question is a question of pshat. The answer is going to be what most people would consider to be drush. And 
it's the right answer. Now, this is the kind of question which you can only give a Jewish answer to. I'm not asking why the Pasuk says A or B. I'm asking why the entire Pasha exists. The answer has to be because there's some um, moral, some important spiritual lesson to be learned. It's what people call Jewish. It's going to be not about what the Pasuk means, but about what the purpose is, which is, which is always, it's, it's, it's meta-pshat. It's, it's meta-commentary. So, I'm going to give a little Jewish. There are many answers given in by many Mephashim. You want to pay attention to what the Pasuk says. Let me translate this Pasuk. And these are the journeys of the Jews who left Eretz Mitzrayim. We'll talk about that word in a second. By the hand of Moshe Aaron. Second Pasuk. And Moshe wrote down their... Um, their exit points for their journeys according to God. And these are their journeys by their exit points. A lot of things here make no sense. Then the Pesuk can begin What does it mean the Tziv Otam? No, before that, an earlier question. Elam Mas'evene Yisrael Masay is a plural noun. It means masa. The root is noseya, to travel. So mas, masa is a travel, as a noun. And masay are the travels. Can we never say that in plural in English. I'll say journeys. But the truth is, we don't say journeys very often in plural either. I mean, if every year you go someplace, you've done a lot of journeys. But if you, if you spend 40 years wandering, who's going to call that journeys? Why, why are these called masay? The parasha is called masay. I think normally when we speak outside this Pasha, we say the Jews wandered in the desert for 40 years. They traveled in the desert for 40 years. For 40 years is an important point. Very rarely I've heard someone say, without remembering the Pasuk on which it's based, that the Jews had many different travels, different journeys. It's one journey from Egypt to Israel. It was broken up, but it was one long journey. The Torah calls it Mas'e Vene Yisrael. And that, I think, is the first point that's being made. Now, what's important here is that there were many different trips. They're all connected somehow. The truth is, they're not in a straight line. We know they did, in fact, wander. But that's not the reason why it's called journeys. It's called journeys because the Torah is calling attention to the fact that the growth of B'nai Yisrael, the history of B'nai Yisrael, the genesis of the Jewish people, was journeys and not merely a trip. Now, on what basis can one say journeys? I mean, in any event, like, what, where does the plural come from? So that's the second Pasuk answers. Vayichtov Moshe et motza'ehem lemas'ehem al pi Hashem. The reason why it's many journeys is because there are stopping points in the middle. That's what breaks it up. And in fact, I think sometimes, again, if I ask you to summarize the first part of the Pasha, you'll say the Pasha lists all the encampments of the Jews in the desert. And that's not correct. The Torah lists all the journeys of the Jews in the desert. The encampments are merely the points of reference which break up the large journey into many different 
individual trips. In other words, we are not interested in these locations. And therefore, it is not surprising that we can't identify them. In fact, no one even tries to identify them. Nor will they be successful. Very few of the places mentioned here can be identified. Most of them are mentioned no place else. And therefore, they're just names. A few of them were important because something took place there. And in fact, in Pashat Masay, it will mention what took place there. So something took place in Eilim. And, and here Aaron died. And here this a, a handful of places are mentioned for their importance. But the, the many, many places mentioned here are not important as places. The Torah is not listing the places. It's listing the Masa'ot, the travels. Why are the places listed? That's the only way to identify travels as a plural. is to say travel from point A to point B and from point B to point C. I've heard, I think I've heard people say that the importance of the parasha, the point of the parasha is to tell us that each place is important. I think, no, these places are not important. We don't know where they are, we don't care where they are. What's important is each trip was important. And that's a big difference. Um, You know, sometimes we look back and we we try to remember all the places we visited. Uh, Go on vacation once a year. So every year, I, I, it's truth, I try to go to a different place every year. I, I'm interested in different places. And then I think back and I hardly remember them. I say, like, you know, like, what was, gee, we were in Venice. What, 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 what do I remember from Venice 17 years ago when I was in Venice? And when I was younger, when I was very young, my first trip out of the United States was one of those grand tours. Uh, mostly at SSL. In SSL, we went to like 50 different places. But other, before that, for two weeks, I was in London, Paris, Rome, Venice. Amsterdam, Brussels, and maybe someplace else. I have a lot of trouble remembering. Um, the Torah is not saying you should remember each place because each place was significant. There was no significance to these places. They were little empty places in the middle of the desert with a tree and, a, and, and, and maybe some water, maybe not. What was important, and there's nothing to remember about them because nothing distinguishes them, but what was important was that there were a lot of different travels. In other words, the point is that it's not where you are, but where you're going. And in order to get from Mitzrayim, from Egypt to Eretz Israel, as it turned out, to some extent because of sin, but even if there hadn't been sin, there would have been Masa'ot. There were Masa'ot way before they get to the place where Pashat HaMaraglim took place, there are a number of different, the first few psukim are definitely all pre-miraglim, from Ramses to Sukkot, from Sukkot to Etam, from Etam to Piachirot, from Piachirot to Betochayam Midbara, to Marat, to Marat, to Eilim, Eilim to Yamsuf, to Dovka, to Alush, at some point, to Refidim, Merefidim to Midbar Sinai, we haven't gotten to the Chet HaMaraglim yet. So even without the sin, it's not a hop and a skip, or even a long hop and skip. It's not simply moving from Egypt to Israel. There's progression. And I think that the point that the Torah is making here is that to get from point A to B, you have to progress, and it's a lot of different steps. The only way I can list the steps 
is to say where you put your foot down each time, but we don't care where you put your foot down. What interests us is that you can't take one step from here to there. You have to take many steps, and each step is different. In other words, this parish is about the importance of development. And since the original plan of God to get the Jews quickly, a, a short couple of months trip from Egypt to Eretz Israel, but even the quick short trip was stage after stage after stage after stage. It's not merely a question of you should be, for instance, a tzaddik, or you should be in Eretz Israel, or you should be a Talmud Chacham. You should be at the end. It's not true that we should be at the end of the journey. We should be journeying. Of course there's a goal. We're not traveling for the sake of traveling. We're not traveling because we're restless, because there's no place for me, because I have no place to put my bags down. We're traveling because we have an ultimate goal and therefore we set out to reach it. But the importance is not only in reaching it. You want to reach the goal and therefore your life consists of going from stage to stage. And those travels, those masa'ot, mas'evene Yisrael, are what's important. In short, as much as we want to get to the final goal, and the more we want to get to the final goal, the more valuable it is, the more valuable the trip is. The goal is the reason why you travel, but what's important is that you'll be traveling. God could have whisked us, literally, from Mitzrayim to Eretz Israel overnight, just woken up, we would have been there. He could have, frankly, placed us in Eretz Israel when Yaakov was there and not even gone down to Egypt. The journey is what's important. The struggle, the climbing, the going, and here there's an important point, the journeys. Each trip has a different value. It's not just the length of the trip, a 40-year journey rather than a three-month journey. What's important is each step forward has a value in and of itself without my being able to exactly explain what it is because I I wasn't there with the Jews and it's not described. It's mostly internal. There's nothing to describe. But the, the slow grind and development and each step is a different step. Why is it different? Because there's a different nikuda. There's a different uh, uh, spot, identification spot where this is from point A to point B, from point B to point C. That's what makes the journal from A to B is different than the journey from B to C. But not because I care about A, B, and C. I care about the journey from A to B, which is different than the journey from B to C. You've grown. You're a different person now. And therefore, it's a different trip to the next, to the next point. And here, Pasuk Bet is a fascinating Pasuk. Vayichtov Moshe et motza'ayhem lemasa'ayhem ve'elem masa'ayhem lemotza'ayhem. A number of the Mephashim noticed it, and they try to, they ask, what's this reversal? Moshe wrote their exit points according to their trips, and these are their trips according to their exit points. So based on what I just said, and based on the first Pasuk, what we're really describing is Masa'ihem Lim Motza'ihem. 
We're describing their trips as defined by the exit points. I need the exit points to define the trips, but I'm listing the trips. Okay, that's my point. But now the Pasuk says something the opposite. Moshe Rabbeinu wrote it down their exit points for their trips. And these are their trips according to the exit points he wrote down. Moshe Rabbeinu wrote it down, he wrote down their exit points. He didn't write down their trips. He wrote down their exit points for their trips, and these are their trips for the exit points. Now, a preliminary question. Why was Moshe writing it down? Everything in the Torah is written down. But we don't describe the writing in the course of the, of the story. In the end of the Varim, it says Moshe wrote the whole Torah. But it doesn't say ever that this and this happened and Moshe wrote it down. The Torah will be written by God and by Moshe at the end. Here in the middle of the story, it says, these are the trips of B'nai Yisrael. I mean, this Pasuk is written in the Torah. It was eventually written in the Torah. It says in the Torah that Moshe Rabbeinu wrote what it now says. Why did he write it and why does it say that he wrote it? A side question, when did he write it? The, the Arachayim who actually asked the question, why does it say that Moshe Rabbeinu wrote it? Because you don't need to, uh, to, uh, to imagine such a thing. Who cares? I mean, of course he wrote it. He wrote it later on. So he, he gives an answer, which I don't understand how it answers the question, but he says that Moshe Rabbeinu wrote these things down, not now, but all the time. This was Moshe Rabbeinu's diary. When they left Mitzrayim, he wrote, Vayisu Miram says, Vayachanu b'sukot. When they left Sukkot, he wrote, Vayisu Misukot Vayachanu Beitam. And that's what the Pasuk wants to tell us. That, that, not that Moshe Rabbeinu wrote the Torah, but that Moshe Rabbeinu had a written journal of all their trips. He doesn't explain why that's true. And there was, why was that important? Why did Moshe Rabbeinu in fact do it? But what I think here is taking place is it's describing the uh, uh, the tension between the two ways of looking at it that I described. What's really important are the trips. But there's no way to write the trips down. What's important about the trips is totally internal. It's totally psychological. It's important that you were walking and, and, and going forward, it's not important that you were once in, in, in this town and now you came to that town. What we call in, in Hebrew, in Israeli, in Israeli culture, it's very important, there's a culture of tiulim. So tiul has to be from point A to point B. It's not important that you were in A and then you were in B. It's important that you walked. But how can I describe what that importance is? It's it's something which the Torah doesn't tell us because there's nothing to describe. It's, it's purely internal. The struggle, the development. Maybe you could describe it to yourself. I'm not sure you can describe it even to yourself. But it's important to be on the move. It's important to be climbing. It's important to be striving to get closer to God. And it's important to realize that each step you take is totally new and totally different. It's not just continuing yesterday. It's taking another step. It's keeping on the move. The move is important in and of itself. Moshe Rabbeinu needed to write this down so that he could later on summarize it. But he doesn't have names for the trips. 
because there's no definable or describable content to the trip. There's no describable content to what I've accomplished in the last year. All I can do is say, where was I and where am I now? And the difference between them is, is, is what I'm trying to describe. So the Pasuk literally says that. It says that, this is Pshat. Vayichtov Moshe et Motza'ayhem. Moshe Rabbeinu wrote down the totally uninteresting itinerary. The names of obscure, never visited again places in the middle of the desert. Towns you never heard of. Maybe no one's ever heard of them. I mean, they're just Risa Kehilata Hashafer Charara Charada Makhilot Tachat Tarach and Mitka. Moshe is writing them down so that he can somehow point out to us that we moved. But the Torah says, and these are the trips based on uh, where they came from. And this also explains the title given to these Tachanot. The places where they stopped are Vayachanu, and they encamped in Sukkot. Vayis'u mi Sukkot. So there are Machanot and Masa'ot. But when defining the Masa'ot, which is why we're interested in where they encamped, they're called Motza'ehem. Motza'ehem is from where they left. Now, every one of these places was a place they left and a place that they came to. It could be Motza, or it could be um, Biot. I don't know what the, what the now would be. These are the Hamotza'im Shalem, their origins. Or it could be the Ya'adim, where they've, where they've arrived. They're called Motza'ehem, for the same reason. They're not goals in and of themselves. They're temporary goals. In order to keep going, you pick where you want to get to by tonight. But their importance is because, it's because we left them. If you had Vayachanu, if you had settled there, that would be terrible. You'd be stuck in the desert. You didn't want to get there because you wanted to stay there. So it wasn't actually a goal. It was a stepping place. In other words, it was a, it was a point to get to and, to and to leave. So what's important is, I need these points to define where I'm going, where I'm coming from. When I look back, I'm saying, ah, the trip from there was important. So the names of these places, the places, the places where they encamped, are referred collectively as your origins, your many origins. In modern Hebrew and modern English, your origins would be, you know, like, where did you come from? The Altaheim. You know, your origins are from, are from, from Egypt or from Lithuania, or from Svarad. Here it is Motza'ehem, it's plural. You have a lot of origins because we're not looking back in nostalgia. But each one, just as some minor people would say, you know, I'm a Litvak because I come from Lita, so it helps define me. So here you're defined because you left this place. You left that place. You left a lot of places. 
Each one is, is important because you left it, and that's what leaves the mark on you, not because it was an important culture then, but because you left, because you kept on moving, and each journey, as I said, has a separate, has a separate uh, goal and a separate importance, a separate significance for the person who's moving. And one more point about these first two psukim. Each one of these is somewhat difficult. These are the travels of Bnei Yisrael who left Mitzrayim in their I'm going to give what I think is the best translation of this word, the tziv otam. We think the word tzava means an army. But here it means like a battalion. In other words, it's the structure. Um, a tzava is any large group of people that's organized. You have also civilian tzava. Uh, the levim are called tzava even though they're not fighting. Uh, in the beginning of the sefer, sefer Bamidbar, so after the Jews were counted, and enumerated each one of the tribes was called a tzava. So uh, it, it means, I think the closest English word would be battalion, in the sense that battalions have a certain structure. The Jews left Mitzrayim with Sivotan. It says that in Sefer Shemot as well. Which there, Rashi says, it means they left proudly, they marched slowly, they didn't run in a disorganized manner, fleeing Egypt. They, they marched out of Egypt in, 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 in formation. In formation is the word that they use in the army. Uh, formation means, you know, lines of people, eight abreast, marching, marching uniformly. That's the tziv otam. Okay, it's true. It's also in Sefer Shemot. Why does it say it here? These are the travels of Bnei Yisrael who left Mitzrayim Litziv otam. They left in battalion form, in formation. Two, what does that even mean? They, they left Mitzrayim by the hand of Moshe Aaron. They left Mitzrayim by the hand of God. If we're talking about agency. Um, Moshe Rabbeinu, he was in charge. I, I wouldn't have said that they left Egypt by the hand of Moshe. They left Egypt by the hand of God. But technically, maybe Moshe Rabbeinu gave the commands. But Aaron? What did Aaron have to do with leaving Mitzrayim? He's a very important character, Aaron. He's the Kohen Gadol. He's, he's close to God. He does a lot of important things, but they left Mitzrayim by the hand of Aaron? Somebody in my audience is undoubtedly thinking, well, maybe it means the Makot. Like, they left Mitzrayim because of the hand of God, which was evinced by the plagues, and the plagues were done by Moshe and Aaron. Could be. That's not a bad pshat. But why does it say it here? They left These are the journeys of Israel, of the Jewish people, who left Mitzrayim in formation by the hand of Moshe Aaron. So the Mephashim that I saw, um, I think this is, hmm, I don't remember who it is even, suggests that, okay, Moshe Rabbeinu, every single individual trip, it's not Yitziat Mitzrayim, Biyad Moshe Aaron. These are the Mas'ei B'nei Yisrael, Biyad Moshe Aaron. All the travels, all the journeys, all the trips will be at Moshe Aaron. Moshe gave the command. Aaron blew the trumpet. And then it goes together with, with Sivotam. It's trying to it's trying to emphasize that these are orderly movements. 
The Jews are not racing their way across the desert, fleeing the armies or the slavery of Paro. They are marching in formation. And beyond Moshe Aaron is to keep them in formation. It's not that they, Moshe Rabbeinu is moving them. He's moving them in a formal sense. The thing is that Moshe Rabbeinu says, start walking, they start walking. And therefore, Aaron, that's the most formal thing involved here, is that the Jews march only when they hear the chatzot the trumpets blow, and that's when the Jews move, as described in Pashat Nassau. Each, each step, it's very complicated. There's 600,000 people divided into 12 tribes. So each one of those tribes moves as a trumpet call to get them to move. It's very, very, very formalized. Why is that important? Okay, so that's what the Pasuk is saying, but why? I think it's the same, the same point. If they were simply running then the fact that they slept at night in one place and got up the next morning would be irrelevant. The point is, there's a progression here. And, and therefore you should realize that Biyad Moshe Baron, Biyad Hashem, Fit Sibui Hashem, is this trip is important, this trip is important, this trip is important, and the whole thing is structured, there's a plan, there's a, 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 a within B'nai Israel. There's a division of the Jews into different tribes and different formations. The Archaim suggests that all this was true until Chet Tamaraglim. After Chet Tamaraglim, they were no longer B'tziv Otam because they, they weren't marching to Eretzvel anymore. They were just wandering about. And the fact is, we don't really know anything since nowhere in the Torah does it describe what the Jews did in the 38 years from Chet Tamaraglim till they arrive close to Eretz Yisrael. But it does a little bit of a hint that he might be correct in Pashat Chukat, when we pick up the journey of the Jews. After Pashat Shlach, and we skip to the 40th year, um, so uh, it says, the first time it says that they've gotten anywhere, by Yavo B'nai Yisrael, Kol Ha'edam Midbar Tzin. the entire congregation arrived in Midbar Tzin. And afterwards, after having the Meme Riva and the water, which Moshe got them, uh, the next time they move, it says once again, uh, after Moshe Rabbeinu speaks to Melech Edom, it says, Kadesh, the place where they had been, I think that maybe Kol Ha'ida means not Tziv Otam. Tziv Otam is there were 12 different tribes, each Tziv Otam is plural. Their tribes, their battalions, their formations. But now it's just kol ha'idah. The, there's something, even though now they're marching with Hashem again, they're not just wandering. They, they recommence the journey, goal-directed journey towards Eretz Yisrael. But the Rechem says that they don't really have civil time anymore. An interesting point. But I think that's not our point now. Our point now is that there's a plan, there's a structure. And the fact that it takes a long time the fact that it's 40 or more trips, you should take that seriously. It's not, oh, why do we have to do that? Why can't we just skip straight there? Each step is important. It's our biyad Moshe ba'avon the tzivotam. And that was the next pasuk where it says, Vayichtov Moshe masahem al pi Hashem. So the Ibn Ezra says al pi Hashem is the trips. But Ramban denies that. He says, we, everybody knows. Of course, they, every trip was taken al pi Hashem. It says they only moved when the 
cloud came up and the cloud went down. And semantically in the Pasuk, sounds like he wrote it al pi Hashem. Why was Moshe Rabbeinu writing down the trips of the Jews al pi Hashem? And eventually he'll write again, he'll write the whole Torah al pi Hashem. But why is he writing these al pi Hashem? So again, I think it's coming to tell us that it's to, it's to tell us that each individual trip was al pi Hashem. And therefore, Moshe Rabbeinu wrote it down. He could have summarized. It's unimportant, the individual trips, from our point of view. So I would think. Why are we being forced to read this long Pasha in Shul? The answer is, it's not an accident. Moshe Rabbeinu wrote it down. Each one, God wants you to know that it's broken up. Don't ignore, don't belittle the importance of each step. Because steps are more important, or at least equally important. I suspect more important. Steps are equally important to where you've gotten. In this case, they're more important. The step from uh, Ramses to Sukkot was more important than Ramses and more important than Sukkot. And therefore... It was written down, each one, so that you pay attention to how many different steps you took and you realize what a difficult and what an important and what a significant climb it was to get from point A to point B. Okay, this might not solve the problem of the people who have to, uh, by the grace of God, have to listen to this long list. You might still begin to wander. Your head might begin to wander while listening to Kriyat Torah. As you know, the Minhag in Minhag of uh, most of the Balei Kriya, the Minhag Ashkenaz, is to jazz up the reading of the Torah here. You read two or three psukim together in a particular tune to help us get over it. I think it's a wonderful thing they do that. And not because it's boring. It, well, not because it's unimportant. It's very important, but the details aren't important. Uh, but it's important that there be details. That's my point. So it's a very detailed journey, and what you're supposed to learn from that is that journeys are very detailed. And so the Balkari reads it in a nice and relatively quick manner so that we can get the point and, and move on to the rest of the Pasha, which has other things which need to be explained. And that's all for today's Shabbat, uh, today's week. And I wish you a Shabbat Shalom V'chol